0: If you'll look with me, just for the sake of time, it'd be faster if you want to write notes, but uh, we're going to use the screen as much as possible this morning. In John 14, verses 16 and 17, Jesus is praying. How many of you know the Father answers Jesus' prayers? Amen. So he says here, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another helper. That he... May abide with you forever. Everybody say forever. That's a good word. Amen. The Spirit of truth. So he's still talking about the same person. The person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you. And will be in you. Now if we jump down to Acts chapter 2. Verses 32 and 33. This Jesus God is raised up. Aren't we grateful for that? Amen? That Jesus is raised up. Are you not? This Jesus God is raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say this with me. The promise... Of the Holy Spirit. So what was received? The promise of the Holy Spirit. And it says here, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So we're talking about it had already happened at that point. So in John 14, we were talking about something that hadn't happened. Jesus was preparing us for. And in Acts 2, what we read is afterwards. In other words, we're on the other side of it. This morning, what we're going to do, and over the next several weeks, is we're going to look at um, the Spirit-filled life, and the title of my message today is The Gift of the Holy Spirit. I want everybody to say that with me, The Gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I really, i, I, I and I'm not saying gifts, did I? I said The Gift of the Holy Spirit, all right? He's the gift, all right? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, is the gift that we were promised that Jesus talked about. You know, uh, in my own personal life, just to give you a quick brief testimony, I was born again at the beginning of one of my 13th birthdays, somewhere in there real close to it. And, uh, uh, and then, as I was on fire, when I got born again, and what I mean is I was only 13 years old, had a host of problems, I, I was... You know, at that age where I really needed support, you know what I'm saying? I needed control in my life. And so I was just starting to get in a lot of trouble, trying drugs, drinking, that kind of thing, experimenting with this and so on and so forth. And I, I knew Jesus at the point. I knew I was going to heaven. I knew that. I even knew that God had a call on my life. But the one thing I seemed to not be able to to deal with was... I needed power in my life to actually live this thing. That every time I tried, I stumbled, I failed, I never got anywhere. Even though I had a desire to do things, I could not seem to get over my flesh. My flesh would win every single time. I would would go so far and I'd stumble. And finally, the, the things of God in my life, as far as me being on fire, began to cool down a little bit. Well, I really began to get in a mess in my life. And uh, it was so bad that my mom uh, sent me to come to Oklahoma, we're from Massachusetts, to live with an aunt. At the time, she was going to Rhema Bible School. And uh, she took me in with her two kids, a couple my cousins, and, and I lived with them for about a month and a half. And to be honest with you, the idea was that if I, if I change my environment and maybe get around some things, somehow by osmosis, I will absorb some things and maybe become a better person and change my ways. See, I was way out of control. My mom couldn't handle it anymore. And so I come out here and guess what? How many know osmosis doesn't work with people? Right? It doesn't work. You can't say, well, I just stuck my kid in church and expected something to happen by osmosis. You are way off. All right? You, it just doesn't work that way. Will they be better off in church than out? Sure. But they still have to make a heart decision. They still have to be, the, the Spirit of God still has to deal with them. They must have their own experience with the Lord. Well, I wasn't having that. And so I was getting in more trouble here than I was there. I mean, I was already starting to stir things up. Even though, listen, somewhere in the inside of my heart, I had a desire to serve God. But yet I could not get out of my own way, so to speak. Well, the night before I was scheduled to leave to come back to Massachusetts because this wasn't working. And my aunt was like, I'm done with him. I'm sending him back. And so uh, there was this woman that lived in the same little apartment thing we lived in. And she was like Jesus manifested. There was something about this woman. She was only like 18 or 19 And uh, she has this wonderful testimony. I don't want to share it right now because it's just too long. But she was born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and the life of God. And she had something about her and the Lord going on that if I would just get around her, I would melt. I mean, my heart would just I wanted to listen to everything she had to say. And she was so open. She would just talk and just share. And I would just melt. Well, I remember the night before I was scheduled back, I I returned a book she let me borrow that that really didn't help me a whole lot. And uh, she was trying, you know. And I I handed her a book, but she said, come here for a minute. And she knew I was leaving. And it was just going to be the last time I'd I'd ever see her again. I've never seen her again since. Maybe I'll see her in heaven. But um, she uh, invited me in, and she began to share with me about her experience and being born again and then she told me about being filled with the spirit and the difference between the two and as best she could express it to me and then at that moment at that time I said well I want that I want that power you're talking about. I want everything God has for me, and if that will help me, then I want it. And so she prayed for me, and right then and there, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. Man alive, did something change in me. I mean, it was like I could see for the first time in such a different way than I had ever seen before. And there was a power on me to live the life that I truly wanted, and I could tell it was there. I mean, and I could tell you experience after experience from that point on, some of the things that happened in my life, my life was never the same after that. It was never the same. I was destined to do things for the Lord. There was no getting around it. It wasn't because I was special. It was because I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say that with me again. The gift of the Holy Spirit. All right. So what I want to do today is I want us to begin to start looking at this. And I really want all of you, some of you are from so many different backgrounds and you may have been taught, well, you know, this or that about this. And, and you may have, you may have even been tongues, tongues are of the devil. Well, I've never heard anybody in a bar leaning over drunk, speaking in tongues. And we're going to look at what the word of God has to say, But I want you to see that there is a power available. And some of you today just need to get stirred up. That you are filled with the Holy Ghost, but you just have kind of been lazy about it. You haven't been acknowledging Him and letting Him loose, so to speak, in your life. And you know that there's even baptisms in the Holy Spirit. Meaning that in Ephesians, it talks about be being filled. Meaning that there's re-infillings. Why? Because sometimes you're just dry and you need a drink. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want you to open your hearts and minds. Don't say, well, I know this or I know that or I was taught this way. Just throw it all out. Let's just erase the blackboard of our minds, so to speak, and open ourselves to what does God say about this. Amen? And so I want to make it clear there is a difference between being born of the Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Ghost or the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Being born of the Spirit is what happened when you received Jesus and you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And what happened at that time is that the Holy Spirit actually transformed your spirit into a new creation where God could dwell. So that's why the Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now the Spirit of God can indwell you, and that's what causes real change in your life. That's where the fruit of the Spirit begins to manifest. Love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, um, all these different things. There's something in you, there's a hunger that wants to serve God. But there is another experience that follows that. Now it can immediately follow, Or it may be no one taught you that and you didn't know, but it follows it. And that is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We might call it the baptism of the Holy Ghost or being baptized in the Holy Spirit or receiving the Holy Spirit. All these things mean the same thing. Jesus spoke of another helper, that first verse we looked at. And what he said is the world cannot receive him. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Why? You must be born again in order to be filled with the Spirit. In other words, picture this. The glass must be changed or transformed before that the Holy Spirit can fill it up. Or that water can go in there. But my point is this. The fact is, is that being filled with the Holy Spirit is subsequent to salvation. Okay, receiving Jesus or being born again. So let's real quickly, again, I have so much time and I want to get across a lot of things to you this morning. Say, I'm ready to receive. All right, let's look at Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 5 and 6. And it said, then Philip... Now, Philip, if you didn't know it, was an evangelist, okay? Then Philip, the evangelist, went down to the city of Samaria... And preached Christ to them. So who did he preach? Christ to them, right? He preached the gospel to them. And the Bible says, And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now go down to verse 8. It says, And there was great joy in that city. Now why was there great joy? Because they heard about Jesus. Amen? Didn't that bring joy in your life? You heard about Jesus. I don't have to go to hell. I can go to heaven. I can have fellowship with the Lord. And so miracles, signs, wonders happened, and they were born again. And the Bible says there was great joy in that city. All right? But it's not over yet. If we go down to verse 14, still talking about the same people, Acts chapter 8, verse 14. It says, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Did they receive the word? Right? They received the word. They sent Peter and John to them. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only, everybody say only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? They acknowledged Jesus as Lord. They were born again, but look at verse 17. Then they, talking about Peter and John, laid hands on them, and they what? Received the Holy Spirit. Now what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a gift. Everybody say it with me, a gift. So they had Prayed for them. So Philip, the evangelist, led them all to the Lord. And then they communicated back to the main group of them, the apostles, and the apostles sent Peter and John. All right. Why did they send Peter and John? Because Peter and John apparently had a gift of being able to lay hands on people and then receive the Holy Spirit. Now, can anybody ask for the Holy Spirit at any time? Absolutely, if they're born again. They don't need anybody to lay hands on them. They don't need anything. But in certain situations, it's helpful for someone to communicate. It's helpful for someone to get involved. It's helpful to touch somebody, to connect with something. Remember Ora Roberts in the old days? What would he do? He'd say what? Go and touch the screen. Remember that? Why would he do that? Because you needed a point of contact. It helped your faith. Why do we lift our hands when we, when, we, when we pray over the offering? Why do we do that? Not because we have to, because it helps our faith. I'm acknowledging something, right? I'm doing something, so it helps me. Well, they, uh, the Bible says the Samaritans received the word. They were, it was preached to them. They were born again. And Peter and John had come to lay hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. Two separate things were happening here, right? You can see that. Notice carefully that they received the Holy Spirit after they were born again. Secondly, notice Peter and John didn't come and pray, God, would you give them the Holy Spirit? What they pray? They prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit. God is ready to dump it out on them, but they prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit, the people that needed the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, the Bible says that when hands were laid on them, they received the Holy Spirit right then. Now, what is a gift? We said the Holy Spirit is a gift. A gift is something what? That's simply received, right? You don't, listen to me, you don't beg for, work for, or earn a gift, do you? A gift is something that is just given to you. A person offers a gift and you simply what? Receive it. You take it, right? That is exactly what the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is a gift just like salvation is a gift, just like healing is a gift, right? It's received by faith, but it was given by grace. You don't earn anything. You just walk up and take it, all right? You just, absor- you just take it. It's yours. It's a gift. You don't have to earn it. So let's look at the promise manifested. Let's walk through it here. John sixteen seven. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus was telling us this, and I want everybody to listen closely. This is toward the end of Jesus' life. He's just about to go on the cross. He's trying to prepare the disciples for the transition that is about to happen. And He tells the disciples, here's how it's going to happen. I'm going to leave. And then when I leave, the Holy Spirit will be able to come. Okay, Now, that's the order of things. Everybody might think, that it would be great if we could have lived in jesus 's times and been around him and walked with him, but how many know there was only one Jesus, and there were hundreds of thousands of people? Do you know how many people tried to get to jesus and couldn 't think about it now they just you couldn 't because why he, he was like a if I could use the term rock star of the time I know words, he 's walking through, and everywhere he would come, Jesus is there. <laughs> you know and crowds would begin to absorb him and so the disciples would have to help move him along to get anywhere to do anything well the fact is with jesus going to heaven and him sending the holy spirit which is available to all of us all of us get jesus every single one of us because remember what did jesus say i'm going to pray the father and he's going to send you another helper what does he mean Another one like me. Does Jesus help us? Is Jesus our helper? So I'm going to send you another helper. But this helper can be in all of you. Meaning the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Jesus. It is one and the same. The Holy Spirit says everything and does everything that Jesus would do if he was here. And what he would do. So we all get to have God in us. We all get to have Jesus in us by the holy spirit now jesus appeared to the disciples right in the middle of a gathering after he was resurrected remember that they were in the upper room and he just pops in there (laughs) and and wouldn't that be cool i don't know maybe after after we we get our bodies changed and we're no longer limited by these physical bodies we just pop in a room hey you know (laughs) Not like ghosts, there's nothing like that, okay? But I, I guarantee you that when you're, when, you're in your, when you're in your supernatural body, walls are not a problem for you. I mean, maybe you can just think it, boom, you're there. I mean, you could travel possibly at the speed of light. God is light. I mean, I, we're getting way off here, but it's cool stuff though, isn't it? <laughs> All right, now look here. This is Jesus shows up right in the middle of a gathering with the, the disciples. And in Luke 24, 49, he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. All right? This is, remember, after the resurrection. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What's the promise of the Father? The gift of the Holy Spirit. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem, what? Look at it closely, what it says. Until you are endued with power from on high. Is there something God the Father wants us to have that we might not have? See, remember, they were all born again. They're in that upper room. But as of yet, the Holy Spirit is not yet come. Okay? He's not yet been there. But notice, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, what did he say would happen? You will be endued with power. Everybody say power. Power. Power from on high all right so what i want to do is let's let's look at that what does he mean by power well when jesus used that word power in the greek it is the word dunamis and it means great force mighty force mighty strength in other words we're not talking about some weak little thing okay we're talking about power and we're talking about from god that power would come uh, upon them for what purpose I don't want to get ahead of myself, but why would God give us this Holy Spirit power? So that we can live the life and be the witnesses on this earth like Jesus was. So that we, remember, Jesus walked in the Spirit and the power of God. He was, remember when he was filled with the Spirit? Remember the dove went over him? And he was filled with the Spirit, the Bible says. Well, God wants us to walk in the same power Jesus did. How many know Jesus was effective? right? He was effective. Why? He was filled with the Spirit. Well, God wants us filled with the Spirit, that same power available. So let's jump to where that manifested, all right? Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. So in other words, you ever seen a tongue of fire? Like if you look at a campfire and you'll see these tongues going up of fire? Well, that's what he was talking about. You could see literally on, above the heads of each and every person that was filled with the Holy Spirit, a tongue of fire. It showed out. In other words, it was showing the disciples the Holy Spirit had come. Remember Jesus said what? What did John say about Jesus? He will baptize you what? With the Holy Ghost and fire. The Holy Ghost and fire. Think about that. The Holy Ghost and fire. And the Holy Spirit manifested that way. So let's read it again here. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Everybody say that with me. All filled. Say it again. All filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All of them were filled. I want to stress that because there are some that will preach, well, you know, it depends on who the Lord wants to bless and who the Lord wants to touch. Is that what the Scripture says? The Scripture says all of them were filled. All of them began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now from this point forward in Acts chapter 2, that's where you and I live in. We live in the age or dispensation of grace, meaning that this is it. Or we could say the age of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is here on earth with us, in us, available to us. And that power is available to us. We don't have to tarry anymore. Now, somebody would argue, and they might come from a background, well, my denomination, or I was taught to tarry for the Holy Ghost, to wait on the Holy Ghost. And if that, if that is true anymore, then the, if we're going to take Jesus that literally anymore, then we're also going to have to take Jerusalem literally. Because didn't he say tarry in Jerusalem? So does God expect all of us, the whole world, To go to Jerusalem to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. No, that's crazy. I mean, for a long time, there wasn't even a Jerusalem to go to. Think about it now. I mean, Israel's only been back as a nation for a short time. And so the fact is this, that Jesus was telling that group of people to wait until they were in due power. We don't have to wait anymore. And I'll show this to you real quickly in the Scriptures. But I want you to see this. Say this with me. Say, the gift of the Holy Spirit is available to every believer. Everybody. Now, let's review real quickly what we've learned so far. First of all, we've learned that, number one, we've learned that being filled with the Holy Spirit is the requirement, right? To be filled with the Holy Spirit, you must be what? You must have already accepted Jesus. You must already be born again. Number two is that you must be born again already to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three, being filled with the Holy Spirit is a free gift. Everybody say free. So what is a free gift? You just take it, right? You don't beg for it. You, don't, you, you, just, you just receive it. You just take it. Number four, being filled with the Holy Spirit is a gift to all believers. And number five, we don't have to be, wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's, he's already ready right now. All we have to do is receive him. So if you haven't received him to date this morning, all you have to do is say, I, I want it and I'm going to get it today. I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's going to change my life just like it changed their life. Amen? How many know that the Holy Spirit is not diminished in power? Right? The same power available to them is the same power available to us. So let's, again, look at an event, real quickly, where we see them filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, an amazing thing happens. Did you know that the Jews at the time, that were the the ones that the disciples, that they thought that being born again was only for them, only for the Jews? They didn't know it was available to the entire world, to the Gentiles. If anybody doesn't know this, and you might not, you might say, you know, I hear this word Gentiles. What are they talking about? A Gentile is simply someone outside the covenant of God. In other words, not a Jew. Okay? So anybody outside the covenant of God, the old covenant, is a Gentile or a person in the world, we could say. All right? That's outside it. And they didn't know that the outsiders, that those that were Gentiles, could actually receive Jesus or the Holy Spirit. They didn't know this. And God, through a supernatural vision, I don't want to take the time, you can read it in Acts 10 on your own, a supernatural vision showed Peter that it was available to everyone. And this was a game changer. This was a big deal. And so we're just going to jump right in here after Peter began to share okay, the gospel with those Gentiles. This is the first time, Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46. While Peter was still speaking these words, in other words, he's sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit, look at this guys, this is different. The Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as as many as came with Peter because the gift of Of the Holy Spirit. What what does he call the Holy Spirit? A gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Notice verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Notice that. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter didn't even pray. God God just turned up the Jews, so to speak. To get it done, to show them, he didn't even pray, didn't lay hands on them. The whole room believed in Jesus. And at the same time as he was speaking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit just fell on them. And they were all uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues. Doesn't that sound just like what we read at the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2? The exact same way. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and that they began to speak with tongues and magnify God. That's exactly what happened. Let's look at another, another illustration real quickly. I'll just share it with you. Paul, was, uh, Paul went out, and he was an itinerant minister. He would go from area to area to area. Well, as he was sharing the gospel, he came to an area in Ephesus. And when he got there, he saw a group of believers. He thought they were believers, and he said, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they're like, believe in what? What are you talking about? Well, they hadn't heard about Jesus. Can you believe that? They didn't know about Jesus. They had just heard about John's baptism. Remember the baptism of John? All right. So they heard about him. So they did believe in the coming Messiah. So Paul begins to share with them about Jesus. And they get born again and they get baptized. So they had received Jesus. But I want you to see, this is what happened immediately preceding that verse 6 of Acts 19. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So what happened again when they were filled with the Holy Spirit? What did they do? They spoke with tongues, right, and prophesied. In other words, uh, God did some amazing things. But one thing that you noticed every time they're filled with the Holy Spirit, what's the manifestation you'll see? I can't see that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but how do I know you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Because you're you're speaking in tongues. In other words, we see that consistently throughout the Bible, uh, throughout the New Testament, I mean, here. Let's look at how to receive the gift real fast. You ready? All right, John 7. Are you guys following me so far? Or am I ahead of anybody? I want to make sure. You might say, well, Pastor, I've heard this 100 times. Well, good. It will help you minister to someone else. Amen? But some of you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, that has been the, 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 the thing that's been lacking in your life. And you might say, well, I have the Holy Spirit. Well, yes, you have a measure of the Holy Spirit in you, in your spirit. I'm talking about being dunked in the Spirit. I'm talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's different, all right? Remember as I shared, as we saw in the Word of God, it is subsequent to salvation. You can have them close together like we just read, but the fact is many have gone their entire life told they were filled with the Holy Ghost, but they had never asked for the simple gift of the Holy Spirit. And they never experienced it. And they never, never spoke in tongues. They've never had the, the power of God come on them like that because they never asked. Guess what? You have not because you asked not. All you have to do today is ask. And you can leave here today filled with the life of God. Filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. I, mean, I can give a lot, of, a lot of people here can give testimony to how much it will change your life. But John 7, Jesus is talking about the future a little bit. And in John 7, 37 and 39, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood out and cried and saying, now I want you to listen to what he says. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts. See, sometimes we can read what Jesus says and we're like, what does that have to do with this? You know, we, you ever have that moment? I mean, you ever read the Bible and it doesn't make sense? I mean, Jesus is coming up, Listen to me! If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. As if Jesus is passing out Kool-Aid? Doesn't it not make... Why is he saying, out of the blue, let him come to me and drink? Okay? But let's see why. Verse 38. He who believes in me... So, are you a believer? So, we're believers, right? He said, he who believes in me... As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Everybody say rivers. Rivers of living water. I mean, saw a force on the inside of you just flowing through your heart. Now he's saying this is to believers. So they already believe, but apparently they don't have what? The rivers flowing out of them. They don't have this power flowing out of them. You see, Jesus is showing us something here. He says this, verse 39. But this He spoke concerning the Spirit. What is He talking about? The gift of the Holy Spirit. This He spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him, what's the qualification to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? You must believe in Him. You must be a believer. You must already be born again. Notice what He says. For the Holy Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit, was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So in other words, what was Jesus talking about? He was saying in the very near future, guys, you're going to believe in me. In other words, you're going to be born again. Your life is going to be changed, but then there's something beyond that. There are Rivers of living water, I want to flow through you now, when you think of rivers of living water, is there power there? Think of a river flowing i 'm not talking about a little stream you know i 'm not talking about a pond of water just sitting there or something you i 'm talking about rivers. What can happen in a river? I remember one time we took a, a, the a youth when I was a youth leader up to Tahlequah and did the river thing um, and It was a little bit high that year, and my son went with us. At the time, he was only, um, what, at least maybe six, something like five, six, and we had him in a little vest, and he went out, while we all stopped at a little embankment to get something to eat and have lunch with all the teenagers, and we all kind of pulled up and pulled our canoes out of the the way, and and we're enjoying lunch. (laughs) He sits there, and he lays on his back, and he's it's starting to rise a little bit and all of a sudden he's down there and all of a sudden somebody yells hey ben and he's just down the river and we're all sitting here and the boats are up so needless to say me and a couple guys dived in swimming after him trying to catch up to him you know a river will take you a place you may not even want to go why it's got a force it has power it is a never-ending power source This is the infilling of the Holy Spirit Jesus is talking about. Why does Jesus talk about water? What he's saying here is Jesus um, is using water as a type of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you something here. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, right? So he's talking about the Holy Spirit in here, right? So how do I receive the Holy Spirit? I just drink them in. That's it. I just say, Lord, I ask you for it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to be filled with the Spirit. And all I can do, like I can drink water and just take them in, all i got to do is I just just breathe them in. I just take them in. That's it. Isn't it amazing? Who gave the example? Jesus. Everybody say Jesus did. So how do we receive the Holy Ghost? we just take them in we just drink them in we just and just take them in and that's it now what is that that's a step of faith i can't see the holy spirit but i can believe the word and i act and what he says just drink them in is it hard to receive the holy spirit no harder than it is to drink glass of water that's why he used water as a type of the holy spirit here and he also used the force of it because there's power in a river Real quickly, what happens when we receive the Holy Spirit? Acts chapter 2, 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that's one example. Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them what? Speak with tongues and magnify God. So what do we see here? We see this connection with every time they're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is the uh, the evidence of that is what? Them speaking in tongues. No, number three, Acts nineteen six, And when Paul had laid hands on them, The Holy Spirit came upon them and they what? Spoke with tongues and prophesied. So, in other words, we see this consistently. What happens when we're filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the benefits is that we get to speak in other tongues. And somebody might say, Well, what is that? What is tongues? Well, tongues is a supernatural language given by the Holy Spirit. You see, when you are born again, you're the proper vessel. You are right, ripe to receive the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is ask. In fact, Jesus told us, I believe, don't quote me, it's in the book of Luke, I think. And remember Jesus said that if they ask me for the Holy Spirit, what would I give them? The Holy Spirit. I wouldn't give them, if they asked me for eggs, I wouldn't give them a snake. Remember that story? But then as you continue to read, he starts talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, what is, what is going to happen to you when you ask for the Holy Spirit? There have been people that I've been around saying, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Something might take over me. Anybody known God to take over anybody? See, is God Holy Ghost is a perfect gentleman. He will never force you to do anything. Never make you do anything. But He wants to help you. What did Jesus call the Holy Spirit? Another Helper you know, and we're going to go into some depth on that, on that, another helper, where the Holy Spirit helps us, but the fact is, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to experience that. The Holy Spirit, listen carefully, is not tongues, and tongues is not the Holy Spirit, okay? Tongues is simply a manifestation of the Spirit of God in someone. In other words, it is, it, it is something visual or a sign that I can see that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Word said, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what happens? When someone's filled with the Holy Spirit and they want to speak in tongues, there's this awkward moment here. How many know babies... Can't talk when they're born, right? What does a baby do as they learn? I mean, once they can begin to form little, you know, words, syllables, whatever, uh, da, da, da 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 Right? But you know what I'm saying is what what is what is some of the first words they learn? Usually no. <laughs> mine. <laughs> they learn some of these words, you know. Um, they might learn mama or dada or, or something like that or some form of that. But what, how does it work? Well, they begin to form words by just moving their tongue. They learn that they can move their tongue and they can do things. And eventually it all kicks in and slowly they learn. Well, when someone's filled with the Holy Spirit, here's how it works. The Holy Spirit's in them and he's busting to let loose. In other words, he wants... You to be able to show that manifestation of being able to speak in tongues. and so, he, But He's not going to take over. He's not going to possess you. He's not going to control your tongue. What you do is He wants to come up out of your belly. Remember that rivers of living water? He wants to come up out of you and He wants to be expressed. But you have to move your tongue. And so usually when I'm trying to help someone the first time, they can sense Pastor, I, there's something there. It's like words want to come out, but I don't know how to form them. Well, it's just like that child learning. It might come out. I'll just say, just go. Just move your tongue, but allow the Holy Spirit to form those syllables, to form what's coming out. And eventually, it will go from whatever to something that seems more articulate, like, Oh, cool. now that sounds like a foreign language now i didn't start praying in tongues yesterday okay now why does it seem like it's so it's a little more eloquent it's a little more flowing well that's because i practice speaking in tongues now what am i saying somebody might say pastor what are you saying when you're praying in tongues i don't have a clue <laughs> <laughs> but guess what neither does the devil. Now, what I do know is what the Word of God says that will teach you is that I'm praying a secret prayer language directly to God. Is the Holy Spirit in God? And God the Holy Spirit. So the Father's on the throne. Jesus is at His right hand. The Holy Spirit's in me. And so the Holy Spirit forms this supernatural language out of me. And the, the Father and Jesus can fully understand it. But no one else can. Not even angels. No one else can. Talk about a personal connection with the Lord. Can you see the power in that? Now, again, there's a whole long list of what we can teach you, what happens when you're praying in tongues, what are you praying, and impact. I can tell you this, that it makes me feel good. In other words, it strengthens me. I mean, am I, am I right, Larry? I mean, you just feel like if you just stay at it and you just keep on praying, the Bible says you're edifying yourself. You're strengthening your inner man. It's like charging a battery. And so I can feel down, but if I'll just, I'll sometimes just walk around this property. Can you imagine a pastor feeling down occasionally? It happens. Like when they told me about the $14,000 bill. $14,000. Just to get rid of the building? What do I get for it? Not much. I mean, (laughs) the building's gone and it's clean. But you know what I mean? So what I did was, I just said, Father, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do, but you do. How many know God knows everything? And so I just said, Father, right now, I'm just going to pray in the Spirit over that situation. And so I walked around the property, first kind of feeling it was heavy on me, you know, just thinking about it. And I just began to stir myself up. I wasn't talking, I wouldn't talk the problem, I wouldn't think about the money. I began to pray. And I just walked around the property over different areas. And as I began to do that, my inner man began to get charged up. And see, it doesn't cause faith to come. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word. But it will help your faith work better. Because your, your, your spirit's charged up. And I'm also praying the perfect will of God over the situation. And anyway, what I'm trying to say is that is one, one. Everybody say one. One of the benefits of the gift of the Holy Spirit. There are many. But the fact is, why wouldn't we want everything that Jesus provided for us? jesus has a gift for you it's the gift of the holy spirit it is available to every believer every believer and again it is connected to salvation it is connected to being born again but it is also an experience subsequent to being born again meaning you might say well i'm born again and i have the spirit yeah but there's more there's more you ever seen those commercials you know Remember the ones that sell you everything, you know, infomercials? But wait, there's more, you know, and they keep on offering you. Well, that's what it is. With salvation, you have salvation. Praise God, we're going to heaven. Praise God, we're avoiding hell. Praise God, I can have fellowship with God. Praise God for all those things. But there's more. There's more. There's power to be had. There's power to live the life. There's power to use my faith. There's rivers of living water, power that God wants to amp up inside me to be able for me to help someone else. See, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is to help you live the life that God meant you to live. And Jesus lived that life. And I'm telling you, He was successful at everything He ever did. And see, that same power is available to us. It's available to us this morning.